I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Liffring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we sit down with Barbara Shipley, the Senior Vice President of Brand Integration at AARP. The AARP is the nation's largest non-profit, non-partisan organization, which is, in its own words, dedicated to empowering Americans 50 and older to live their best lives. It's taken great pains to assure people that it's not about silver-haired grannies and granddads. To be sure, it's building on a tremendous legacy that started back in 1958. But as the perception of aging has changed in that time, so has the organization and its messaging. The AARP is on a mission to debunk the myths about growing old. One of the ways it's doing this is by investing heavily in digital marketing. In a world focused on youth, Barbara talks to us about what's unique about the AARP demographic. So we totally understand why people have a focus on Gen Z, millennials. Um, Let's be honest, there's definitely an obsession with youth, not just in this country, but all around the world. I think what's important for people to remember is not to put generations against each other, but to recognize where the customer base could be and potentially take age out of the equation for just a second. Think about what your brand is, what your marketing, what your bottom line is, and then who makes the most sense. And in most cases, your marketing team, your brand team, your strategy team is going to zero in on people 50 plus. They don't know it now, but if they open their mind to see where their customer is, I can almost guarantee it will include a huge proportion of the 50 plus because that's where the money is being spent. That's where the population growth is. Aging is fueling growth in almost every market and segment. Just how big is that spending power, I guess, of that demographic? And then basically, how should brands think about this audience? In the U.S. alone, you've got 110 million people over 50. And the fastest growing audience is people over 85. So that is something to celebrate. Now, in a youth, you could say youth-obsessed, but in a youth-focused environment, it's hard to pull people's attention over to the power of the 50-plus audience. But when we talk to brands and marketers and the industry and say $8.6 trillion, they stop and listen. That contribution that the 50 plus in the U.S. alone makes to the U.S. economy each year. Now, the AARP was founded 65 years ago in 1958. How has the organization changed to reflect the values and the needs of the demographic that you now serve? The biggest way AARP has changed is we are still extremely proud and focused on the work that we do to help retired senior citizens, but that is not all we do. So if you think about an organization that is focused primarily on the 50 plus, their families and their communities, how many 50 year old people do you know that are retired right now? Or even thinking about retirement? They may be planning for it. I have to say, I hope they are. Because if you're not planning for it by the time you're 50, that's gonna be a challenge. 
but retirement could be 20 years away. And so AARP has adapted its content, its programs, its services, its products, its community outreach, its volunteers to really address the way people are aging today, not just the way they aged when their parents or grandparents were going through their lives. In addition to changing the programming that you have, um, how has the narrative changed in terms of your marketing, and in terms of your campaigns? Now, I know you work with BBDO to create this new narrative. Could you address that a little bit? So this longevity message that I was just talking about is really important. And it, and it really became one of the big insights to this new narrative, as you say. So if you could spend or live half your life after 50, you want to make sure that your money, your health, and your happiness live as long as you do. It starts to capture in a really concrete way, our role. The AARP's role is as a wise friend and a fierce defender. We are uniquely equipped to help you make sure your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. And the reason why it works so well as a marketing campaign is because of what I call the rug pull at the end, which is, in fact, the younger you are, the more you need AARP. And that has stopping power and gets people's attention. Because it is not easy to make sure your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. But we are here to help you do that. It's interesting here you talk about this because that line in the sand of retirement, sort of mid-60s, uh, has always been there and as, sort of, as a sort of psychological threshold. And, and that's clearly changing, you know, not just in the United States, but everywhere around the world. And I know that one of the important focuses for you has been around the importance of work and not just work for people, you know, under 65. It's not about retirement anymore, is it? So you're right. It's not about the traditional old book of retirement. So work has become one of the biggest areas for AARP. And it, it, it's interesting when you see it, at first people can be a little bit surprised. Wait a minute, I thought you were about retirement. And very quickly they get to that moment where, of course, you're not just going to help me in my retirement years, you're going to help me in my working years as well. And we do have to be honest here, there's a lot of ageism in the workplace. There's age discrimination, which is even a more deeper legal issue. If you're over 50 and you need to work and you're out of work, it's a daunting task just to get an interview. So what we do is work with the environment that you're trying to succeed in, not just help you with your resume, which we do, provide you a network, which we do, connect you to a job board, which we do. But we are also communicating to the HR industry, hiring managers, sectors, the creative industry, to push and help people understand the power of the multi-generational workforce. There is so much power in the multi-generational workforce. The work is better. The experience is better. The culture is stronger. The learnings never end. And it goes every which way. And that's why I'm so passionate about the multi-generational workforce, specifically in the creative industry, and how powerful that can be for business outcomes for your clients and for the culture of your agency. Yeah, and definitely there's an ageism issue in America and not even to mention the marketing industry. Could you describe some of those like stereotypes and misperceptions that 
do show up in media and we we still see? On the one hand, if you're thinking about hiring an older person, a little bit different than you just asked, but if you're thinking about hiring an older person, the myth associated with that is they can't use technology. They're slow. They're always going to call in sick. They're not really looking to work here for a long time. They're just marking time until they retire. False, 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 and false. This is a group of people who largely have accumulated so much experience and so much wisdom that they are going to right the ship when there is some kind of a crisis in the workplace. They are going to be the steady hand. They can be um, a receptacle for learning, for teaching, for sharing. There are lots of things that people learn how to do. So there are some opportunities for learning, but let's create those opportunities so that we can get the benefits of people in the workplace. In marketing, we still see brands. Brands are really starting to get it right. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. We're going to take some credit for that, but we won't take all that credit. I think part of it is because a lot of creative directors at your agencies, they're turning 50 and they want to be relevant. They know their life experience and their talent is relevant. And I think that's part of where the new narrative in a lot of these ads is coming from. They're also, I think, looking at the realities of aging. They're looking at the research, the data, and they're seeing that people are developing their own stories, their own timelines. Half of people in America that are 65 today are still working. So to tell a story in an ad of people in their 60s with sort of blank stares, fumbling around technology, doddering fools, only vulnerable, wearing beige, does not tell the story of how people are actually living their lives today. Now watch an ad for a restaurant. The older people, I bet you, are background. That's not how it actually is, but that's how the ad portrays it because the younger, hipper people are in the front. They are your OCPs. So let's get it actually the way it is because the danger of perpetuating these myths is twofold. One, your prime audience that has all the spending power is feeling ignored or insulted by your brand. And two, younger people who come in contact with your work fear aging. That's a societal problem. And I would ask you and all of your listeners to answer the question, what's the alternative to aging? Everybody wants to age their way, which is why our mission is to empower people to choose how they live as they age. Now, are there any specific tools that AARP turns to um, to kind of bust some of those myths around those stereotypes? So that's a great question because the tools and the concrete um, opportunities are the best way to educate and change the environment. And I am so proud of the work that we launched about five years ago in a very special partnership with Getty Images. We have introduced a signature collection on Getty Images that has grown to tens of thousands of images called Disrupt Aging. And the goal of Disrupt Aging is to, through imagery, tell the more current, contemporary, real, and varied stories associated with how people age. 
you see multi-generational images. You see images of people at work. You see images of people at play. They are not overly photoshopped. They are not overly beautiful. They are very real and it makes a huge difference. And to me, one of the most exciting things that I didn't even anticipate when we built this is the search techniques that we have introduced. Instead of agencies searching for old people on the beach, we now are shifting the, the search, which means the input is changing. And the models are also really shifting how we think about the imagery that captures today's realities of aging. So the Getty Images work is pretty radical. And then we also have all of the data from the usage that shows us what people are gravitating to and what they need. So it can be a very responsive tool. But it isn't enough. We need more tools in our industry. And I recognize that. I grew up in this industry. I grew up in the agency world. I know what it's like. The big problem I have with where our industry is right now is stop making assumptions about me because you know one thing about me, which is my age. Nobody wants that. So this is what we need to break ourselves out of and stop putting everything through an age lens, which may sound funny coming from an organization that is about aging, but it's about the freedom to choose how you live as you age and not be put into a box or a category or a segment because of one data point. Now, there's no doubt a lot of brands are getting it wrong still, but are there any brands that are doing it right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you one example, which is Hyundai. And the story is taking the daughter to college and they're driving. So the Hyundai is the vehicle. And by the end of the ad, you realize the daughter is dropping the father off at college. And you just have, you're seized in this moment. I would say there's another narrative coming out of an interesting brand, which is Indeed. And uh, you see a story of, you know, the, the sort of quintessential man carrying the box with stuff in it, which your, your brain says to you, he's leaving the job. He's been fired. He's retiring. But what you realize by the end of the ad is he's a new hire and he's in his 50s and people couldn't be happier that he's there and he's happy that he's there. And it's the new beginning instead of an ending. And that just captures everything about what this audience is actually going through. They aren't just nice stories. They're real. Speaking of perception, and I know that you have the AARP magazine, which I understand is the world's largest circulation magazine, which has more than 47 million readers and across a broad age range. It goes back to that multi-generational approach that you've been talking about. How does the magazine, as it were, fit into the whole, you know, tapestry of everything that you're doing in terms of your marketing efforts and the perception. AARP, the magazine, is one of the most exciting things we have. It's a lifestyle magazine, uniquely focused on interests, needs, topics that the 50 plus, now that's a huge group of people, right? There is almost no such thing as a 50 plus segment. So we have a lot of elasticity in the AARP magazine. You'll see a lot of health topics. You'll see a lot of sex topics. You'll see a lot of travel topics, friends, um, empty nest. There's so much that we are able to cover, but we do it with a really deft hand. There's so much soul in the way we cover these topics and the way we do interviews with the (laughs) A-listers 
that really want to be on the cover of the magazines. Um, over the years, uh, we've had actors, actresses, uh, musicians, uh, Michael J. Fox, Lady Gaga, Henry Winkler was on the last issue. People don't throw it away. It's a keeper. That is an interesting way of kind of gauging one's own aging in a way in relation to these pop culture people that you've grown up with. Because these people are still relevant, that makes me still relevant. That makes you still relevant, not some memory of who we once were. This isn't just a group that likes nostalgia either. This is a group of tastemakers. You are probably a tastemaker, I'm going to bet. And so you like new music. You like exploring new artists. And AARP sponsors a lot of music. We do a lot of virtual concerts. We do a lot of in-person concerts. We were a huge part of celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And I think that's why people recognize what we're bringing to the table. We don't just want to sit around and remember, but it's about where are we going now, speaking about being like tastemakers, a lot of people might be surprised to hear that you guys are so into social media. So curious about your approach there and and why it's an important platform to be on. Yeah, we're very big on Facebook. Facebook is important to us. But so is TikTok. So is Instagram. I don't know anybody that really only lives on one social media platform. They go to different social media platforms for different things. And so we show up differently, depending on where their mindset may be, their needs are. Our presence on TikTok is a little bit of an alter ego for AARP. It's an opportunity for us to bring a different part of our personality to bear because that's what the users of TikTok are doing. Same thing with Instagram. We have really dedicated our presence on Instagram to capturing and telling and celebrating the story of Gen X in all its glory. It's all its craziness, all its forgottenness. You know, we used to call this the sandwich generation, right? You used to hear that phrase about people who are caring for aging parents and raising their young children and they're sort of sandwiched in between. We are concert goers and we are restaurant goers and we are travelers and we are caregivers. The average age of a caregiver is not a boomer or a Gen X, it's a millennial. And this is, this is a very big deal that people really need to recognize. And we are doing things that we never thought we would need to know how to do. And in many cases, we need help. So there's, that's what I mean when I say that these are soulful stories. There is, this isn't one-dimensional or two-dimensional. It's so multidimensional. And if people, marketers would just recognize that this 50 plus audience is basically giving everybody else a roadmap because what we are blazing, this is a trail people will be going down. Basically, if there's one message to leave here in terms of how our creative industry writ large reflects older segments, don't do it because it's charitable. Do it because it's good business. And oh, by the way, it's also a better way to engage with your audience and tell the truth versus be stuck in an old stereotype. This is a bottom line opportunity for agencies, brand managers to recognize who their audience is and engage them with their brand. And that's it for the current podcast. 
We'll be back next week, so stay tuned. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and leave us a review. Also, tune into our other podcast, The Current Report, as we round up the week's biggest marketing headlines from across the open internet. The Current Podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love and Caliber. The current team includes Chris Berklear and Kat Fessy. And remember, they don't know it now, but if they open their mind to see where their customer is, I can almost guarantee it will include a huge proportion of the 50 plus because that's where the money is being spent. That's where the population growth is. Aging is fueling growth in almost every market and segment. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time.